Hello, Internet. Welcome to the 10 Things Podcast. Happy to have you here today on a, at least here when we're recording, it's a brisk, like 50 degree day in October. It's a wonderful fall day. We're finally here. Uh, my name is Craig. Alongside me is Aaron Brooks. Howdy. What's going on today? Are you doing okay? Uh, yeah. Are you happy fall's here? Oh man, I am so happy it's here. Uh, you know, got to put on some long sleeves today. Cranked up the Christmas music. Oh, come on. Well, it just felt right. Well, just because it feels right doesn't make it right. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was kind of a little... I, I, I won't do it anymore until Christmas season gets here. Which for you is when? November 1st. That's <laughs> what <laughs> <So> I thought. <laughs> um, well... I don't know when you're listening to this, but the time of recording this, we are just a few weeks away from, I will agree with you in the fact that it, we are a few weeks away from the start of the holiday season. Yes. Um, really, the holiday season, though, starts on October 31st. Yes. Um, and whether or not, whatever anyone's kind of where your belief system lies when it comes to like Halloween... I think we can all safely say that that does kick off the holidays. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, from there, it just leads us to uh, Thanksgiving and just a whole season, a, a two-month season of family gatherings and events and uh, eating. Yeah, you can, whether you do like a hayride or a fall festival or you trick-or-treat or... Trunk-or-treat. Trunk-or-treat, um, harvest festival... Um, whatever you call it, that is like the, um, the, it's like the kickoff of a football game. Yeah. That, that's your first little taste of, of everything. And more often than not, that's a day where the weather is cooler. Yes. Um, and you're probably going to be outside at some point doing something, um, bonfires. Yeah. Uh, that's s'mores really come into effect starting then we've got a big chili cook-off we're doing a fire oh, outside yeah. and and a hayride and we're gonna combine it with a big chili cook-off yeah. uh, the saturday after halloween um it is it's just it's just great this has always been my favorite time of the year mid-october really the end of october and you can't talk about halloween you can't talk about this season without talking about candy well, and like you said, no matter what your beliefs are around this holiday, we can all agree around the belief that we ought to eat some candy. Absolutely. I mean, what other holiday? Uh, is there a bigger holiday than this that centers around just eating stuff that's not good for you? No, other, no, not really. I mean, you could argue. Are you talking about Halloween or just this season in general? Just Halloween. Um, you could argue Christmas. Um, you think? Just because, I mean, I, I mean, I think everybody's a little bit different. I know Christmas candy is kind of a big deal. Um, just, I mean, you like get it in your stocking. I don't know if you do oh, or yeah, not, but yeah. I, mean, I get a ton of it into my stocking. My mom always makes like Christmas candy stuff, right. and um, you know, you're. I think you're probably just at more parties and stuff where that kind of stuff's right. available. But I don't think. I think you're right. Halloween is number one. Um, I think, again, I think it just goes toward how you celebrate what your kind of belief structure may be set up to be. 
there may be some people who are like, I won't touch the devil's food, you know, <laughs> or candy is, is uh, the, you know, just the gateway to cocaine or something. <laughs> I don't know, but, <laughs> uh, but I think, yeah, candy is definitely the highlight of the season for this, this particular holiday. You, you mentioning that makes me think of the fact that uh, right now there is a big release of the uh, Breaking Bad movie that's coming yeah. out. And so uh, I saw a YouTube clip that popped up today that was featuring in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, there's a donut shop there selling blue crystal meth donuts. Oh, really? It's, it's blue rock candy so <laughs> when you mention the devil's candy i mean it's like you know you could probably go to albuquerque new mexico and find all sorts of uh crystal meth related candies please please make sure it's candy if you're listening <laughs> out in new mexico <laughs> um, don't accidentally get into the heisenberg blue yeah um so we got we got to ask this. We, got, we can't start this episode off without asking this question. Aaron, what's your favorite candy? Reese's peanut butter cups. That wasn't even hesitation. Yeah, no. Your that's your your go to. Yeah. Wow, man, I don't know that I'm that quick. Boom. With deciding that Reese's peanut uh-huh. butter cups. All day, every day, over anything else. I don't. This is gonna sound like the coward's way out. I don't know that I have a favorite. Oh come on. Um. I'll tell you one that I have, if if I had to pick a favorite right now, um, Snickers Almond is Ooh, really good. one I haven't good. tried. It is really good. That's probably, if I'm getting It can- sounds a little too hipster <laughs> for candy. <laughs> I know. But, I mean, it's it's the exact same thing. It's just Snickers, but they instead of peanuts, they've done almonds. Okay. And it's like almond, it's not huge chunks of almonds. It's more like the smaller slivers or whatever. And so oh. it just has a... There's there's a couple of big chunks on it, but most of it are just the slivers, and there's just something about I don't know. I used to love uh, Watchamacallits. So it's been a long time since big go to for me way back in the day. Um, do you lean uh, chocolate or sour? Mm. I mean, obviously, if your favorite Reese's, but if I had to choose a second favorite, it would be some sort of gummy candy, really? like gummy bears, gummy worms, something that's chewy like that. And many times those can be sour. So um, I don't know if I have a preference of chocolate over because they're, they're so wildly different. Yeah. Um, I love the sweet tarts okay. stuff. So like the sweet tart mini chews, the little balls that are chewy. Right. And I could eat those all day long. I guess for me, if it's if I'm going to sit down and watch a movie, I couldn't sit down and just eat a bunch of chocolate it feels kind of heavy yeah um i could eat reese's pieces mm-hmm. is that doesn't have the chocolate you get the peanut butter without the chocolate well you get the candy coating too right. which probably helps um for me m&ms just a handful of m&ms and i'm kind of yeah. done on those so for me a if it's a movie snack i probably go towards gummy bears or sour patch kids or something like that do you do you eat a lot of candy just in general or is it more no. of a treat yeah I'm I'm the same way. I I used to probably eat more candy, but I just don't anymore. Did you know? Since we're talking about candy, uh, uh, there's 68 percent of Americans are allegedly going to participate in Halloween 2019, and 69 percent of those they're going to be buying candy 
to fill up. Uh, do kids still carry around the pumpkin? You know, the plastic yeah, pumpkins. Is they do. Still, I mean, yeah. that was the thing when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure they changed. Do. Yeah. Uh, so almost 47 percent of the entire U.S. population, they're going to be purchasing that sweet stuff to hand out. Yeah. Um, and I know, uh, if you couldn't tell, I mean, you read the title when you clicked on the podcast, but we're talking about the 10 things about candy, just in general, just facts you may not know about candy. Um, and I don't know if this may be one of your facts or not, but um, the average American eats about 22 pounds of candy a year. Whoa. 22 pounds. And I wonder how much of that is on Halloween and yeah. how much of that is by kids. Although, I don't know if the kids are getting all that candy that they get. Well, I mean, let's be honest. If you're one of the people that purchases candy to pass out and you're an adult, are you not eating some of that? Oh, 100%. Before, uh, yeah. I mean, I know, of course, you know, we're making plans for Halloween right now. That's what I've heard. And I know my wife is all excited about it and what what's going to be happening she's got all everything she was wanting to give out and i know for a fact at least one bag of candy that i'm buying is probably at least going to be eaten by me i mean the fun size stuff they should call it not so fun size because <laughs> it just makes you mad it does <laughs> because you get a taste of a kit kat and you're like well i want the rest of it now right um but i know if i'm not a parent yet but i i know that when I take my kid trick or treating at some point, uh, when we get back and they go to sleep, I'm munching on their candy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me ask you this: Are you one of the kind of people? Do you pass out the candy that is your personal favorite, or how how do you go about <laughs> purchasing the the candy? Um, I mean, at most of the homes that we've lived in over the last decade, um, I make that sound like a lot of homes. It's been like three, but. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess that's a lot, though. I mean, yeah, it, it is. We've moved a few times over the last ten years, but um, I we just go and buy. We we tend to buy the kind that we want, and we put it in a big bowl. And then if it doesn't get passed out, we're eating it. You get to consume I mean, it. Halloween night for adults is just a night to snack on candy, and so you're going to eat your favorite first. So that means they get less of your favorite because it's oh, already gone it's by the gone. time they they get there. Um. I don't, I don't, I've never like consciously though set my personal favorites aside. Um, I've never thought about that. That's a well, good, I just, I hope on, I hope on that night that there's some Reese's peanut butter cups. Uh, I can promise you there in, probably will be in, in the bowl. I will say, I don't like, um, the, the people who pass out like either non candy <laughs> or toothbrushes, the terrible to candy, <laughs> you know? Like, I know, like, Lauren, my wife, she's planning on, like, in addition to candy, she's going to give out, like, little glow sticks to kids. Oh, okay. Um, but, like, yeah, you're right. Toothbrushes? If you're giving out toothbrushes on Halloween night, it's not going to get used. <laughs> no. I just want you to know that right now. It's not going to get used. <laughs> if you're ha passing out apples, the kids aren't eating it, okay? No. That's going to go home and mom's going to eat it later, you know, or... It's going to get thrown away. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to go bad, Um I will say, uh, like popcorn balls, those, I remember getting those every once in a while as a kid and I wasn't excited about it until I started eating it. And I'm like, okay, this is actually pretty good. Um, just, but nowadays, I mean, 
it makes you nervous to eat something that was like handmade and wrapped up. Right. You know? Um, I heard a story one time, and I know we got, we got to move on to our list, but um, where these people were like making homemade candy, and it's like just like personally wrapped up in like foil and handing it out to kids. Nobody's Sketchy. eating that. Okay, if you're doing homemade candy, that, I mean that's that's admirable. I mean, thank you for doing all that work, but ain't nobody eating that candy. No, if you're if you're gonna do something like that, that needs to be more like a you're hosting some sort of party at your yeah. house, and it's people that you know. Yeah. Because uh, I don't, I have a thing about taking food from random people that I've never exactly. met or, yeah. or very vaguely know. Yeah, I kind of like it's to know weird. what the environment, the food, you know, what yeah. kind of control was used in the preparation. Yeah, of I want to. Do you have like a dog or cat walking around your counter? Yeah, you know, while you're making exactly. This can't, it's just no, we've all seen the meme yeah. of the cat yeah. on the counter, and it's that's stuck in my it's head. It's just uncomfortable. Okay, so we're talking about ten things about candy. Um, if you're new to the podcast, we we come up with our ten things, and um, we we don't look at each other's list. Um, we just read off our favorites that we found while researching this topic. And so today is about candy. It's not like our we're not doing our favorite candies. No, uh, we covered that already. Um, w- what we want to do is just ten things about candy in general. And so, um, Aaron, I know you're really excited about your number one. I am. And you didn't want me to steal it, so I'm going to let you go first. Okay, thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, I want to talk about candy corn. Okay. Candy corn. Um, Again, it's not a personal favorite. In fact, I ate some candy corn last week and forgot how terrible I actually think candy (laughs) corn is. It's not good. Uh, (laughs) But I felt like I was obligated to eat a piece of candy corn. Uh, It's kind of like a quintessential... Halloween slash even just fall candy. I mean, mm-hmm. you see it a lot of places. Uh, so Brock's, famous candy company, if they laid out all of the candy corn kernels that they sell each year end to end, they could wrap around the entire earth four and one quarter times. That they've made in a year? Yes. That, oh that's how gosh. much they sell each year. Oh, my goodness. Put each candy corn kernel end to end. They could wrap around the earth more than four times. That's... That's mind-blowing. That's a uh, lot of candy corn. Now, I have seen a couple of things. There's a little discrepancy here, and so I feel like we are kind of obligated to decide what is the truth about this. Um, chocolate is the number one candy that everybody wants, according to all the polls that are out there. But what I've read is that candy corn is the number one purchased candy. They buy, Americans buy between 20 and 30 million pounds of those kernels every single year. Now, another article that I looked at, just as of September of this year, 2019, it said that uh, that Skittles is the favorite candy of Halloween. And so I'm not sure what to believe. This says that 3.3 million pounds of Skittles are are passed out during Halloween. So if we're just going by poundage, I mean, 20 million pounds is definitely greater than 3 million pounds. So I'm not sure what the truth is on these two things. But what I did find really interesting is kind of the history behind candy corn. Because you feel like this has got to be a candy that's been around for yeah, you would a think. while, right? Yeah. I mean, this wasn't invented in the last 50 years, okay? So a candy maker at the Wonderly Candy Company in Philadelphia. Uh, He invented this little tri-color candy in the 1880s. 
the Golitz Confectionery Company, they brought this candy to the mass public of America uh, a few years later. And interestingly, that candy company uh, changed names, and you probably would be familiar with the name of their new company, uh, the Jelly Belly Candy Company. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And so uh, they have the longest history in the industry of making candy corn. They use a little different method now, um, but they still manufacture the stuff, and they even have a Jelly Belly-flavored jelly bean or a, a candy corn flavored jelly belly jelly bean oh wow yeah okay so um are you are you pro jelly bean do you like jelly beans yes do you and no <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the jelly bean i am very much uh pro jelly belly jelly bean and there's a real difference in in quality of jelly beans that are out there. I think jelly beans just in general and jelly belly specifically really did themselves a favor. Um, and I think it, they kind of came back a little bit whenever they did the, um, the bean boozled thing. Oh yeah. That helped them out a lot. It did because I, I would, I haven't thought about a jelly bean in years until <laughs> that started popping up again. Well, if you go to a, a mall or anywhere that's got a big candy store, I mean, you just see the the big containers of jelly beans, and they, uh, I mean, they, they just, fa- I guess it's the kid in me that still just loves to see all those colored jelly beans that are there. Yeah. I mean, there's some really bad-tasting jelly beans, um, but there's some very unique jelly beans that are out yeah. there. It makes sense that Jelly Belly would, would do candy corn. I mean, they're kind of this, a very similar candy profile. Yeah. And, you know, that makes sense. And if you're into making your own homemade types of candies, then I would encourage you to check out uh, an episode of a show called Good Eats, mm-hmm. Alton Brown. Love that show. He does a show entirely based on making candy, and he features a recipe on uh, making homemade candy corn. And he's, he's sort of a food scientist kind of guy, and so it's real interesting. Uh, we've never done it, but I've been tempted to. Not really a fan of the tricolored kernels of corn. Yeah. I think at, at one point they, they, they weren't even called candy corn to begin with. They called them chicken feet. Are you serious? Yeah. Chicken feet. Who Who's eating candy on purpose called chicken feet? I, I don't know, but there you go. First fact of the, factoid of the day regarding candy. Okay. Well, along similar lines as that, I'm going to give you number two. And that is that um, I don't think it's a real surprise, but each state has its own favorite candy. Oh, yes. Um, Candystore.com has been collecting data. Is it data or data? What do you say? I like, I feel more sophisticated when I say data. Data, yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're going to say now. (laughs) Uh, They've been collecting data for more than 12 years and have to have determined the most popular candy in each state based on that information. So they update this list every year. Okay. Um, and so this is, this is this year's information apparently. Oh, um, and you mentioned candy corn being the mo- one of the most popular seven states have candy corn as their favorite candy. Do they really seven states? Uh, wow. Alabama, Iowa, Idaho, Michigan, New Mexico, Nevada, and Rhode Island. 
um, all have it as their favorite candy. Um, in addition, um, let's see. Candy corn. Uh, Skittles makes the list. M&M, Snickers, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, your favorite. Um, Starburst are among the nation's favorites. Hot tamales have made it in there. Tootsie Pops, uh, Jolly Ranchers, and Sour Patch Kids also get that. Um, there are a few states that are unique, though, in their candy choices. Um, Mississippi is the only one to name three musketeers. Um, Connecticut opts for Almond Joy. West Virginia Blow Pops. Uh, and then Kentucky apparently likes the Swedish fish. Oh, I like the Swedish fish. Come on, fish. Kentucky. Um, where was I? And then um, Louisiana, Lemonheads, Delaware uh, are for lifesavers. Um, now, we are from Arkansas. Yes. Um, so I would love to find out. Aaron, with, unless you've already looked, I well, see a see, map up I, on I here. have a map because I was going to talk about this, but my map, it's a little older. This is from 2015, so oh, okay. these are all different. Are they really? Naming. Yeah, okay. big changes. Uh, well, what do you think? That we, we are from Arkansas. What do you think Arkansas's favorite is? Uh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just roll with what I see here from 2015 and hope that uh, our Kansans have remained the same, and I'm just going to say Skittles. It is not. It's not Skittles. It's not Skittles okay. anymore. Uh, it's not even. Is it a chocolate flavor? It is not even the top three for us now. Um, number one is Jolly Ranchers. Jolly Ranchers. Jolly Ranchers. This makes me interested to know how they conduct this to see this big of a change from year to year. 241,000 pounds of Jolly Ranchers have been sold in Arkansas. Wow. Now, I, I love Jolly Ranchers. Um, second is hot tamales, followed by Butterfinger. I think that's false. Yeah, I don't get. I don't, get I don't know one. anybody that that chooses hot tamales really um, as a favorite. I'm going through the list here. Let me see. Um, so, looks like Kansas prefers the Reese's cups, like you do. Um, so you got friends in Kansas. You just move to Kansas if you want. Mm. Uh, this is one New England. Uh, or sorry, not New England, uh, Nebraska, like saltwater taffy. Really? Yeah, which is strange to me. Um, so yeah, every state's got their kind of their own candy that they lean toward and buy, and it changes from year to year, apparently. Right. Um, and you would think, you know, that maybe it would change with new candies that are coming out, but it really looks like it's a lot of the same candies just kind of get moved around. Well, I mean, that's what I'm looking at here. I see several of the ones that you're naming, but they're over different states. And so it's that's just it's interesting how how they shift. Well, it's obviously yeah. going to change based on the participants. Right. Because it's obviously not going to be the same people answering this every single right. time. Right. Yeah. So now. The article I read, which I'm getting a lot of my stuff today from Mental Floss, um, they mentioned that um, they typically do a lot of their researching and pulling data from uh, like the three months leading up to Halloween, too. Okay. Um, and so that could have another factor if a, if a if a brand is doing more marketing during the Halloween season. And they may be, or offering sales or discounts. And what did you say Arkansas's favorite candy was again? Jolly Ranchers. Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. Okay. Jolly Ranchers. So that's number two. The fact that each state has its own candy that it enjoys. Kind of going along with that theme, uh, 
I'll just make my next one the fact that Americans buy more than 600 million pounds of candy each year. And if you want to, if you kind of want to put that into a visual term, that would be equivalent to the weight of 16 of the largest ocean liners in the world. Oh, wow. And though, I mean, those are, those are massive ships. So 600 million pounds of candy. And you said we let off by saying that we each eat, was it 22 it's pounds? 22 pounds on average. Each American eats wow. 22 pounds of candy a year. Uh, so we buy 600 million pounds of the stuff. So that's interesting because that means that there's, there's a lot of, there's some people who are eating a lot of candy there's to get that average. There's yeah. a lot of people who aren't eating any candy. Exactly. So some of y'all out there eating, which I mean, I guess makes sense. I mean, you got babies, infants who are probably not eating candy right, right now. You got probably, you got like people with health reasons that aren't eating candy or, um, they're trying to lose weight or something that that makes sense. Well, if you're trying to lose weight, then, you know, this is probably not your holiday. Um, <laughs> cause that 600 million pounds of candy breaks down. The average kid goes home with a sack of candy or a pumpkin full of candy that is equal to 11,000 calories. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> and what the average human in a day is 2000, 2000. Yeah. Don't eat all that candy <laughs> in one setting, kid. Thank your parents when they go to when you go to bed and they you know steal a few pieces of it. They're yeah. actually doing you a favor. They are. You may not feel like they are, but trust me, they are. Um, we moving on to number three, four, four. I do this every time. I even have it written down this time, <laughs> and I didn't look at my phone, and that's what happens. Okay, number four. Um, this is, I'm going to save my, I think I have the fact of the podcast coming up later, mm. uh, but I want to do save you? it. I'm going to save it for the, maybe I think my I last the one. fact of the podcast. You do? Yeah. And it may be the same one. We'll see. Um, this is one of my favorites though. Uh, and you may have heard this before. I know I had heard this before, before I started researching it, but a dentist invented cotton candy. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. A dentist invented cotton candy. That's not even right. Um, so in 1897, uh, dentist William Morrison partnered with uh, a confectioner by the name of John C. Wharton to devise a, machi a machine that used centrifugal force to turn sugar into cotton-like strands. The result was cotton candy. But the name didn't come until the 1920s. Morrison and Wharton called their treat fairy floss and... Um, it's not just for like for summer carnivals and stuff like that. You can buy cotton candy in several different Halloween varieties, including werewolf hair and pumpkin guts. Yeah, I don't know what those flavors look like, but apparently they make it now. Um, I do know you can buy prepackaged cotton candy uh, in the little tubs with the little yes. bags. Um, I love cotton candy. I had not had any cotton candy until last month i was in colorado Ever? uh no <laughs> it's just a long time uh but we were in colorado last month and we were at a we were at a colorado rockies baseball game and my wife she is a she's a cotton candy fanatic and so of course the guy came up selling the cotton candy and she had to have some so mm. i tasted it 
Um, and I guess I understand why I don't really. I, I, I don't really. Get, I don't understand cotton candy. What is the fascination with it? Uh, it, just, it just disappears in your mouth that's, instantly. That's the beauty. It didn't really have much flavor of anything. It's it's delicious, is the thing. I mean, it, it, you must not have got have had good cotton candy because the the beauty of cotton candy is it doesn't overwhelm you with flavor, but the, it gives you just enough that sugary. Well, this was blue flavor, whatever blue flavor <laughs> cotton candy is supposed to be. Blue, blue raspberry? Blue yeah. raspberry that does not exist in nature? Yeah. Right. Um, man, you got it on the spool and everything? Yeah, you know, the big cone of it. And I had a few... I, I don't even think you can call it a bite of it because it just... Even your, your, just your warm breath will melt it. Yeah. I was just kind of disappointed I, by it. Cotton candy here in Arkansas in the middle of summer at a baseball game. Um, you got to eat it fast because the humidity Turns gets to it. It does. It gets to it fast. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's surprising a dentist invented it. Um, I don't know what the what the point in it was for him. Maybe he thought the more airy a candy, the less cavities it would provide. I don't. I don't know what the point in it was. Um, but a dentist did it. Maybe he go. was just trying to drum up business for himself. That's that's a good, that's a that's a good. Uh, theory is any okay Aaron number five well I want to kind of go throwback again and talk about a candy uh, Tootsie Rolls mm, do the Tootsie put play that meat song do the Tootsie Roll right there we actually we can't we don't have rights to it but there's some actual history behind this and so I think it's always good I love history it was one of my favorite subjects in school so I always like to take the opportunity to learn a little something if I can and uh, Tootsie Rolls, these were actually handed out during World War II as rations to the soldiers. Really? Yeah. Uh, because have you ever noticed that Tootsie Rolls kind of remain in the same condition no matter what the <laughs> temperature is outside? Hot or cold, they, they remain the same. They don't melt. They don't, they don't really go bad. They stay the same. It's true. And so uh, because it remained fresh in all those weather conditions, it made a good... You know, little sweet treat, a little pick-me-up for the soldiers that they were fighting that was sent to them. And the U.S. military, they kind of, they called them a source of, of quick energy, kind of a little energy booster. And so, and even in one instance, I found this to be interesting. They were life-saving. There was a pilot who was shot down over the Sahara, and he lived on his Tootsie Rolls uh, for several days before he was uh, found and rescued. So... You know, some life-saving properties can be uh, attributed to those little chocolatey rolls. How do you feel about the Tootsie Roll? Are you a I, fan? I'm a, I'm a fan, but I don't often think about it. Like I don't it's, either. It's not a go-to for me. Um, but it's got to be, a lot of times we do iconic podcasts, things that are iconic. Wouldn't we, do, you? we do iconic podcasts. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but wouldn't you say that the Tootsie Roll's got to be one of the iconic candies of all time? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, mean it, it would be right. It's it's definitely it's it's got staying power and it's been around forever. 1896. It was invented by a food tinkerer. I don't know what <laughs> what job that is, but it sounds fun. Uh, a food tinkerer. Uh, he named them after his daughter, Tootsie. Well, yeah. Also, and I think you'll appreciate this. I don't know if this is the fact of the day, but it's the fact of the day for you. 
Uh, they were Frank Sinatra's favorite candy. Oh, really? Yeah. He was buried with Tootsie Rolls. Are you serious? Yes. Uh, old Blue Eyes. Uh, Tootsie Rolls, cigarettes, how, a lighter, how, and a bottle of Jack. I wonder how many Tootsie Rolls he was buried with. I don't know. <laughs> we said that they stay good through all conditions. Part yeah. of me wonders... If you opened up the casket... Let's go dig them up, man. Let's, are the Tootsie Rolls let's go find out. <laughs> uh-huh. And then my last thing about Tootsie Rolls is they kind of serve in a second candy. You remember the Tootsie Roll Pop? Yeah. A popular I, sucker? I prefer Tootsie Roll Pop over Tootsie Roll, if I'm being honest. Well, it's like two candies in one. Exactly. Uh, but in the 1970s, there was that incredibly popular ad, and we've probably all seen it. Um, with the owl, and the the question is asked, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? And so, finally, we have the answer, okay? So, researchers at Purdue University and the University of Michigan, two Big Ten schools, they both decided they were going to answer this question. Yep. And uh, the University of Michigan... They created a special licking machine. Licking machine. Your take. Model. I had this on my list. This? Okay. All yeah. right. So it was modeled after the tongue, and uh, Purdue. They came up with three hundred sixty-four licks. Yep. And Michigan said four hundred eleven. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in between. There. Somewhere in between. So I guess we still don't know how many licks it takes to get to the. Well, I, I think it varies. I mean. It, it would have to vary. Tongue size. Exactly. Force. Pressure. Of, yeah. Um, even differences in every single Tootsie Pop. I mean, oh, yeah. they're, they're the same, but there's, there's gotta be differences be, yeah. in every single Tootsie Pop that's created. Yeah. So, I guess the world may never know. Um, yeah. Along those lines, I, I, I saw that, and I also saw that human liquors average just 144 between 144 and 252 licks really that's the human liquor so i guess we really get forceful i guess so i guess we put a lot more pressure almost double the pressure than or in some ways more the pressure than a machine would um well i need a candy break i'm about to crash from sugar well let's Get a quick energy shot if we had some Tootsie Rolls. That would be. I'm, I bet I have some here at the house somewhere. They make 64 million of those things every single day. That's a lot of Tootsie Rolls. That's 740 per second. <laughs> how long is this break going to be? See how many we can eat. <laughs> we need to calculate how, how many uh, Tootsie Rolls are made in the amount of time we take a break. That's right. Okay. We'll be right back. Uh, don't go anywhere. Five more facts coming your way in just a minute. Okay, we are back, and um, Aaron, how many Tootsie Roll Tootsie Rolls were made in, in the time we were gone? Seventy four hundred. That's a that's a that's a that's a lot of wow. Tootsie Rolls <laughs> made in like ten Man. seconds. Um, I wonder how they produce that many that fast. I don't know. There there used to be a, a machine, show. probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not by hand. Uh, and it's probably more per second now than when they first started them in 1896, I'm oh, guessing. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
but th- there's a there used to be a food show that came on called um, Unwrap. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. And they would feature all sorts of stories. Sh- like surely this. they've done Tootsie Roll. I hope that they've done Tootsie because yeah. now I got to go look that up. Okay, we're at number six on our list, um, and this is this is not my fact of the show, but it's my second fact of the show. My okay. second favorite fact oh. of the show. Um, I've heard this before too, um, and it blew my mind the first time I heard it. I don't know if you've heard this one yet. Um, it's not chocolate between the layers of a of wafer in a Kit Kat bar. It's not chocolate. Oh, I didn't know this. It's actually recycled Kit Kats. What? Yeah, recycled Kit Kats. Technicians pull off in the assembly line. They pull off any imperfect Kit Kats. So if it, you know, if it's off center wafer or doesn't have the right shine on it, or maybe it broke in production, they slide those off into bins, and then they take all those imperfect Kit Kats, grind them up into almost a paste, and that goes between the wafers of a Kit Kat bar. Wow. Kit Kat Inception is basically what's happening. Yes. I mean, just you think about that for a second. You have ground up Kit Kat in a Kit Kat that gets imperfect. It's imperfect. So it goes into a grinder to make more ground up Kit Kat. You could be eating Kit Kat. (laughs) Mind is blown. From like 15 years ago. I'm sure there's, I'm sure they're not. I'm sure there's processes that go in place where you only eat the most recent ones, but. Okay. I don't know what your fact of the day is, but (laughs) I'm going to be wildly impressed if it's better than that fact. It was to me because it's, it blew my mind something I'd never known before, but I love Kit Kat, by the way. Kit Kat is, it's in my top five candies. Um, it's probably two or three. Eh. I'm just going to leave it if it's my top five candy because I can start diving deep into it. I haven't uh, had a Kit I love Kat a good in a cat. long time. Do you break them off and eat them one at a time when you do have them? Yes. I do too, but I've always wanted to just take all four of them and just bite into them like one oh. big cookie. See, I feel about that like I do um, those string cheeses. Oh, yeah. I just I, I can't go in and just take <laughs> a bite out of it. I feel like you have to pull the strands off yeah. and eat it that way. So I, I don't think I could do that to a Kit Kat. I have had – they make different flavors Kit Kats now. Um, and More than just the regular and the white chocolate one? Yeah, I've had cookies and cream before. Really? Cookies and cream Kit Kat. Apparently, I haven't and, paid attention to the Kit Kat. Um, I don't know if they make this in the States. Surely they do somewhere. But when I was in China, they had green tea Kit Kats. Oh. And it came in, um, it was still chocolate, but it just had a hint Uh, of green tea in it. That doesn't sound good. It was, they actually served it at a McDonald's in ice cream. So you get like an ice cream, a green tea ice cream, and it had a green tea Kit Kat in it. Wow. The more you know. That's weird. So that's number six for me, Kit Kat. Hmm. Number seven. Here is here's one coming at you. Uh, it, th- this one's almost kind of like one that we discussed previous uh, to the show. Uh, what was that fact that you shouldn't eat too much candy? Yeah, there was there was something we saw or I saw that said uh, it is possible to have too much candy. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like so that wasn't the, uh, kind of a duh moment. You right. Know so that. here here's another one of those kind of duh moments. Uh, Halloween candy is expensive. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I swear uh, they mark it up. Consumers in 2019, we're going to spend 
$2.6 billion on Halloween candy. Wow. $2.6 billion. But that's actually less than what we spend on costumes. We're going to spend over $3 billion on costumes. And even we're going to spend even more on decorations, $2.7 really? billion, than more we do on, on candy. Yeah. Wow. So I wouldn't have guessed that one. Uh, no. Costumes I could see because that could get a little bit expensive. Mm-hmm. But to spend more on Halloween decorations than we do on the candy kind of surprised that me. Was, that is very surprising. It comes out to be like about 50 bucks per American that we spend on candy. Whoa, seriously. Yeah. Which is probably like two bags. Because <laughs> it's expensive. It is expensive. Just to get the bags of multi or mini fun sizes. Back at, which Easter is another big candy. Right. You know, you sell a lot of candy at Easter. And uh, we purchased a lot of candy at our church that we gave away at Easter. Apparently, it had been a while since I or I just hadn't paid attention to the price of candy. But they were like $20 for a bag of candy. Yeah. I was like, What? It ain't cheap to hand out that stuff to kids coming to your door. No. It's, it's an investment. It is. It really is an investment. Um, that's why the the children of this great country should be thankful that people are giving them. They're basically giving them money. You know? Yes. Because it's quite expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Are we moving on to number eight? We are. Okay. This is... Um, this is actually one I heard on a recent podcast, um, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, if you're a po- podcast listener, you've heard of these guys, Stuff You Should Know. Mm, mm-hmm. um, they're one of my favorites. They're a lot of our favorites. Um, they did a whole episode about Pez dispensers. Okay. And um, the, the fact that we can take away from this is that Pez dispensers were not always toys and collectibles. Um, when Pez was first invented, it was actually invented um, to combat smoking in Europe. And so it was these little mints. They were originally mint-flavored. Little mints that were put into these dispensers that looked like old-school cigarette lighters. These are not like the Bic lighters that you would get today, but they're back then. I guess they had like a very specific design for cigarettes, so you could just kind of put your cigarette in and light it that oh. way. So that's what they mimicked. They were basically the same dispenser, just without the fancy cartoon heads on top. So they created these mint candies. Uh, it holds twelve, and they marketed it toward people who were trying to quit smoking. Well, they got really popular in the U.S. and really popular among kids. And so, of course, parents did not like the idea of no. their kids walking around with uh, these <laughs> cigarette lighter-looking things, um, eating these mint candies. And so, when they when the company realized that they that kids were starting to pick it up, they switched from mint to fruit flavored. Okay. And then they started saying, "Hey, parents don't like the lighter look, so let's add cartoon heads on top ah. of it." And these fun shapes. Some of the first um, shapes were Santa Claus, a robot, and a space gun. Now you can get them in everything. Everything. Um, of course, there's the famous Seinfeld episode with the Tweety Bird yes. Pez dispenser. Um, you've got Batman. You've got TV movie stars, Star Wars. You name it, you're going to find a Pez dispenser for it. I know like the first... Well, 
living humans on a Pez dispenser. Apparently, it was from like Orange County Chopper. Really? Yeah. Uh, it just they struck a deal with them, and so, which is a weird first person to be on a Pez dispenser. Yes, you would think it'd be like the living president, right. or you know, someone influential. But no, it was Orange County Chopper. Wow. Um, the flavors um, I mentioned they went from mint to fruity. Um, apparently, they still have a lot of unique flavors. Also, uh, their flavors range from cola, uh, pineapple. Um, to really strange ones like chlorophyll. They have a chlorophyll-flavored Pez. Apparently somewhat minty, but meant to repl- kind of give you a plant-flavored wow. Pez. Um, and it's also dependent on what region you're buying your Pez in. U.S. people cannot get peach-flavored Pez in the States. Why? I have no Why idea. Why can we get peach-flavored stuff? But, yeah. Come on. Pez dispensers. Pez, that is a that is a candy that I associate with Christmas. Yeah, I I think my parents always put one in my oh, yeah. stocking yeah. every single Christmas. I had a I had a Pez dispenser, um, and really not one of my favorite candies. No, I mean uh, the candy itself is honestly it's not great. No, I mean I don't I don't particularly enjoy Pez when I'm eating it. No, um, you can't. It's just it's so. The f- Honestly, there's not a ton of flavor. It's very chalky. It's almost like a Tums. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah, it's like a fruit-flavored Tums. Tums. They should come out with a dispenser for adults. <laughs> <laughs> Pez and Tums should work together. <laughs> Make your heart burn uh, a little more fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've had several Pez dispensers over the years. Um, I've had... I know I've had like Looney Tunes characters... Um, Star Wars characters, superhero. I think I still have a Batman one somewhere. I mentioned earlier uh, something regarding Breaking Bad. I actually saw this online today as well, that there's a place in Albuquerque that's doing handmade Pez dispensers with all of the Breaking Bad characters on them. Really? Yeah. So, uh, it's still incredibly popular. They're very... uh, they're collectibles. Right. The dispensers are collectibles yeah. now. And they go for thousands of dollars. You could pay for one of these things. Um, in that podcast on Stuff You Need Should Know, they talked about um, people who were rigging the system. And they found a company in Europe who makes knockoff Pez dispensers. Yeah. And so they were having them make their own ideas for Pez dispensers, coming back to the States and selling them as unique. Oh. One of a kind and making wow. thousands of dollars off of them. <laughs> All right. Great way to work the system. Yeah. Aaron, give us number nine. All right. Well, uh, I thought I'd kind of go with the uh, kind of the history of Halloween candy. Like, how did this come about that, that we go out and we get uh, we get this sweet treats on that evening? And... Um, Trick-or-treating kind of started in the 1930s, early 40s. And back in that time, of course, there weren't all of these pre-packaged candies and goodies that were handed out. So it was homemade cookies, pieces of cake, fruit, nuts, even coins and toys that were handed out in the early beginnings of trick-or-treating back in the 30s and 40s. And so finally in the 1950s, uh, candy manufacturers, I guess they, they started to kind of kick off at, in that era 
and they realized that this was a great opportunity yeah. to, uh, I mean, again, it's nearly a $3 billion industry today. So they kind of wised up and was like, hey, we could make a bunch of money off of this. And uh, they began promoting their products for trick-or-treating as a convenient, affordable, and easier option instead of having to sit at home and make fudge and caramel and all of these different things, you know, buy their stuff, hand it out, less time, less money, oh, yeah. you know? So, uh, but it wasn't until the 1970s that factory-made candy was really began to take over as the only acceptable thing to hand out again, as we discussed earlier, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we don't want to take stuff from people that w has been handmade yeah. that we don't know. And so kind of in the 1970s, uh, you know, for safety reasons on the part of parents, I think it was probably a good idea, but they began to, you know, most people know only hand out that prepackaged stuff, yeah. but a little history behind hmm. how all of this began it is funny how i mean it's just it's the it's really is the american dream <laughs> oh yeah now where you take something that maybe started out as good nature fun and something like that for a major companies to come in and go hey uh, buy our yeah, product for yeah. this uh-huh um capitalism capitalism <laughs> it's finest man uh well, it's good, but it is good to know that like trick or treating was not just created by the candy industry. Right, it was. It did start out as just good nature. Let's have some fun. Sort of like certain greeting card companies feel like they're kind of behind certain holidays. Yeah, that, that, you know. Speaking of that, do you? This is a rabbit trail. Do you do greeting cards anymore? No, I, I don't know anybody that does. No, maybe my grandmother on my birthday. I still get a card right every other year or something when i guess they remember <laughs> i i don't do and again as we talk about the cost of some things i mean some of those greeting cards if you look at the price oh. of them at the store they're upwards of 10 12 dollars yeah. for some of while you're things. spending more than 75 cents on a greeting card right i don't know i you, think it i think at the dollar tree you can go get two for a buck yeah that's if you're spending more than 50 cents on your greeting <laughs> card when, in my opinion, you spent too much. When a, a GIF on your phone through text message can do more and mean and be instant. Exactly. Uh, it can convey more information than anything. Um, yeah, I just don't see the need for those anymore. And, I mean, a greeting card, I mean, you kind of just look at it and be like, hmm, you know, that looks like something I'd probably say. Yeah. <laughs> Let me send this to you. <laughs> sit, if you're going to do that, sit down and put the thought into it yourself. And yeah, just write it. Okay. We have reached number 10, and here is my personal fact of the podcast. Oh. Okay. Now, okay. Maybe you don't find this as All interesting right. as me. Maybe maybe listeners Let, don't find it as interesting. Let's see if it lives up. But um, this, w this is the one when I read it, I go, really? I had no idea. Uh, it's the origin story of Three Musketeers. Now, I love Three Musketeers. I hate them. Really? So you may not like this one then. Um I love Three Musketeers. I love the air. I'm a, I'm a big texture guy, and I love that airy. It's it's kind of like really great bread at a restaurant, how it's got the crust on the outside and the inside's chewy. That's how I view a Three Musketeers, that chewy, airy, whipped insides. Okay. What they remind me of is something we discussed earlier, and that is their texture reminds me of a circus peanut. Mm. 
I don't know if I could go that far. There's just something about the two. The flavor is way better than a circus peanut. Yeah, but, yeah. I, you, you're probably right about that. Um, the Three Musketeers, though, originally was named because it featured chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla pieces in the same candy bar. Isn't that what a Three Musketeers is? No, it's just chocolate. It's been just chocolate for decades. I thought there were three flavors inside of it. No. Are you sure? I am 100% positive. No. Yes. No, a Three you're Musketeers thinking, You're thinking bar, Neapolitan ice cream. That's what a Three Musketeers... Yeah, it's like a Neapolitan candy bar, right? No. The not, filling is not those three no. flavors. No. It's just chocolate. I gotta, I gotta see this. It's just chocolate. Um, vanilla and strawberry um, were scarce during World War II, so Three Musketeers ditched those flavors and focused solely on chocolate. That's why the name is Three Musketeers, but the flavor itself is simply chocolate. Fact of the podcast to me. Nobody else may think that, but for me, that was that blew my mind. I had no idea. Okay. You just haven't had one in a long time. I haven't. Apparently you haven't had one since before World War II. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some people have called me an old soul. Apparently I am. Now, may, maybe they have come out in recent years, and maybe they've made the old school version. But, yeah, Three Musketeers. Well, yeah. If Wikipedia can be trusted, and of course we know it can, uh, your fact looks like it's right. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. But you don't like Three Musketeers, really? No, because I don't like Neapolitan ice cream, and therefore I don't like Neapolitan-flavored other stuff. Well, see, I don't either. And the strawberry filling of it really throws me off. Well... So what have I been eating? I don't know what you've been eating. <laughs> you need to... You what a, need, who <laughs> has put that in my Three Musketeers pack when I've eaten you it? You need to go enjoy a Three Musketeers, man. I might have one here somewhere. Get wow! You, get you back on the Three Musketeer bandwagon, man. You've you've been dissing a candy <laughs> for all these years. I might need to issue an apology accused. after after trying one. I don't know. Aaron, you got uh, any honorable mentions? I do. I do. Um, beaver butt paste. Whoa! <laughs> I can't. <laughs> uh, did you think that was going to be in this episode? <laughs> you got to warn a guy, man, before you just. Come out swinging with uh, beaver butt paste. Yeah, so uh, the the <laughs> the goo from a beaver. <laughs> I can't get through this. Uh, uh, it's called called castoria, and uh, it's used to give some sweets like vanilla and strawberry and raspberry their flavoring, and so. Uh, it's not widely used as much today, but in some sweet treats that you might eat, it is an FDA approved, it's, it's a generally recognized as safe food additive, beaver butt goo or beaver butt paste, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, but castorium, it's what they secrete, male and female beavers, they use it uh, to give flavoring to vanilla, strawberry, and raspberry stuff occasionally. My honorable mention. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know where to go now. I am so thrown off. I feel like it's hard to top that one. 
You know what? You, I think you're right. <laughs> we, if I knew that was coming, we would have waited, uh, and you would have gone last with the honorable mentions. <laughs> oh man. Okay, I'm gonna try to go quick here. I had a couple. Um, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, um, Sweden uh, has made the largest lollipop, uh, weighing in at uh, 4.5. Seven five pounds. That's not that big. A nearly five pound. Think of a lollipop, though. A five pound lollipop. Uh, now this was back in two thousand three, so it could. I feel like somebody needs to make a bigger lollipop than a five pound lollipop. Um, I mean, you gotta think five pounds is that's pretty hefty. That's gotta be like one of the sizes of those jawbreakers, right? Could be. It could be more than that. I bet it's heavier than that. I bet it's bigger than you think it is. Uh, then my other honorable mention was that Good and Plenty is actually the oldest commercial candy. Uh, while hub, fe- hub, feffers, hub wafers were invented in 1847, the Neko Company didn't exist until 1901. So Good and Plenty commercially is the first produced candy in 1893 and holds the reigning title. For wow. That. So Good and Plenty. I never got into those either. They're kind of like jelly beans. Yes. It's just that... Strange, jelly for beans, me. Mike and I, yeah. Uh, hot tamales. Hot tamales. They're all kind of the same thing, just yeah. in a different form. They really are. Um, and I'm pretty sure Mike and Ike's good or uh, and hot tamales are owned by Good and Plenty or by the company that makes them. Oh, really? Because I think they're all the same thing, just hey, different flavors. You mentioned Kit Kats earlier. I just happened to see this. They weren't introduced introduced in Japan until the year 2000. And now they sell over 350 different flavors of them in Japan. Oh, my gosh. And they even have some strange purple sweet potato Kit Kats. That makes sense. They love sweet potato over in Asia. Do they really? They do. And purple especially. Butter Kit Kat. <laughs> they don't love purple. They love purple sweet potatoes. <laughs> hey, they even sold a limited edition Sublime Gold Bar. It was a single dark chocolate stick. It had gold leaf coating. Sold for around sixteen U.S. dollars. I heard they had like a sake too, a sake really? Kit Kat. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, happy Halloween, everybody. Hope you enjoy the holiday. Um, don't eat all eleven thousand calories at one time. Yeah, don't do that. Um, Aaron, what do people need to do now? Well, they need to subscribe to our podcast. Number one, uh, give us that five star rating, and share it with a friend. Yeah, you got to do that. Uh, leave us a review. That's one thing we would love for you to do. Uh, you've got the podcast open right now, obviously. So hop over and just leave us a review. Let us know what your favorite parts about the shows are. Um, let us know what your favorite episode was. Um, I'd be really curious to know what your favorite episode was. So leave us a little review. Let us know. Tell Aaron how good he's doing. I, I need, I need, I need to hear that. I do. You need that positive reinforcement. Let me know if you want to hear more scientific butt paste facts <laughs> about Dude, animals and food. That one, I, I don't think I've laughed that hard on the show. <laughs> Ever. Um, in all the weeks we've been doing it. Um, that was a good one. Okay, so uh, yeah, we'll be back with a new show next week. Um, so be sure to tune in, subscribe. Uh, also, follow us on all the socials. Um <gasps> Instagram, Facebook, uh, you can find us there at 10 Things Podcast. You can let us know what your favorite candy is right Yeah, there. let us know. Yeah. All right, till next week, I'm Craig. I'm Aaron. We will see you next week for another 10 Things. Yeah.